This is the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we unpack the, the week's big political stories. I'm Mike Siluma. Thank you for joining us. Today on the Politics Weekly, we look at one of the most important events on this year's political calendar, which is the ANC's policy conference, which is in preparation for the organization's national conference, which is happening in December. Hypothetically, if the proposals of the policy conference are adopted in December, they should feed into government policy and impact directly on your life and mine. With us for today's conversation, uh, Kutato Madisa, uh, who's been on the show before, uh, he's the Sunday Times political reporter, as well as uh, William Gumete, who's associate professor at the School of Governance at Vets University. With immediate effect. When people zone. And I quote, in two years' time, Eskim's problems will be a thing of the past. People won't even remember load shedding. Unquote. They put to saliva on the paper. I'm in charge. That's why these fools are running around here. I'm in charge. And then they share that zone. Point of order, Chaperson. Point of order, ruling party by point of order. Must step aside within 30 days. No, I'm not going to apologize. He has no brains whatsoever. So the NC president was sabotaged again yesterday? Well, sabotage, that can be This is not a shit. Uh, welcome to the both of you. So let, let, let's start with you. You know, from from an ordinary South African's point of view, the ANC has got so many meetings. I mean, there's there are provincial meetings uh, like they had in KZN last week. There's the NEC, there's the NWC, there's a, this other, you know, all these many committees. And then there's the conference uh, in, in, in December. The policy conference, where does it fit in in that calendar of the ANC's political activity for the year? Um. So if you remember uh, what happens uh, at the at the national conference the the party adopts certain positions on several issues that affect the country those issues that they would have adopted at the national conference like the upcoming one in December feed off from this policy uh, policy conference of this nature where this is where they actually debate it and this policy conference will then make recommendations based on what uh, the delegates that are coming to it have sort of agreed on. So they will speak about, you know, they will make recommendations to the national conference in December on issues uh, such as, uh, you know, what happens to uh, uh, ESCOM, uh, the issue of load sharing in the energy sector, uh, the economy of the country, unemployment. So they will then make a recommendation on several issues, most of which would have come from well, the, the the policy documents that were released a few months ago, but also what the uh, provinces themselves believe should be the, the the direction the party should be taking. Some of them will all obviously be provincial, province centric. Uh, you know, they have their own issues in Pumalanga. You know, they'll, it's where most of these power stations are. So they'll discuss all of those issues um, based on what you know the provinces believe the party should be. Uh, where the party should be heading, rather. So, so, so the role of the of the police conference is is more a, a one one of recommending a policy direction to to the uh, December conference. Definitely. So, so there won't be sweeping changes that will be made on Monday, for instance, okay. when the conference mm-hmm. uh, concludes. They will make recommendations, but most of the time, the recommendations that a policy conference makes 
are adopted uh, at the conference uh, in December. But that's the conference that makes the final decision. There will there will be commissions in, in uh, at the national conference in December to you know further discuss or debate some of these issues that would have been discussed here. But but the police conference is specifically you know for that so that you know you don't have to focus on so much uh, policy discussions at the December conference. So they then give themselves as ANC time six months. It's usually around six months or so before the national Mm -hmm. conference. So let's say the province's positions on this, on on, on some of these issues, wouldn't normally change drastically between now and December. Yeah, so that's Mm -hmm. why you then Mm -hmm. allow them to have their conferences, uh, to have their provincial general councils, um, to make these recommendations, just uh, yeah. and then and then you then come and um, you know formulate a position mm-hmm. that at this conference at this uh, policy conference to make those recommendations uh, six months from mm-hmm. now. And who attends this conference? You know, because it sounds like it's a it's a very important conference. If it's making policies that then go to the national conference, uh, it, it it sounds like it's a, from a policy making point of view like a very important forum. So who attends it? So it would be delegates from all these provinces. So, mm-hmm. so these provinces will then sit, uh, 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 would have sat in their PGCs and nominated people to go to these conferences. But the branch, but it is the, the ANC always has says this thing that you know conferences of the ANC are conferences of branches. So you will then have delegates from different branches, but they obviously come as a as a as a province, they don't normally want to say that, but you know you can't have a delegate from branch or what eleven in Bumalanga sitting uh, uh, with someone from uh, another ward in uh, okay. in Soweto. So they mm-hmm. do come together like that as provinces. And there's a, there's a provincial position, and there's a provincial position okay. that would have been adopted at the provincial mm-hmm. conferences mm-hmm. or the provincial okay. general councils. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, Prof. Kumetek, I'd like for you to come in here. Khutatso says that at the policy conference, uh, there are debates that happen there. Uh, how much debating actually does okay, do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a few years ago, if you remember, under the Mbeki presidency, um, we then, um, these policy conferences were then really contested. Um, policies were contested, um, and there were um, very vigorous debates. I think it, you know, under the Jacob Zuma presidency, um, the debate uh, over policy really declined. And my sense is most probably now um, that policy will be less emphasis on policy at this um, um, policy conference, and the focus really is going to be most probably only on one policy. My sense and that's. Uh, um, step aside policy, um, policy is most probably going to dominate everything uh, because extraordinarily what is happening this year ahead of the ANC's national conference in December, of course, this year, it seems as, you know, there's a really big focus really on the sitting president and um, whether he will be elected or not or whether he should stand down or not over Farmgate. And I, my sense is that most probably we're not going to see um, the sort of the Mbeki years type of quality policies and diverse policies. Um, Fairly, it's going to be, I think, you know, the big focus is really going to be around the step aside uh, policy, uh, policy of the ANC. And, and also, sadly, if you look at all of the policy documents, I and mean, I've gone through them, 
Um, really, I think they all are very poor quality. There's nothing new. There's nothing exciting about it. In fact, um, it seems it's a bit of a rewriting of old policies. And most of the policies actually seem totally irrelevant for our times, for the kind of problems um, that we are dealing with um, in the country. And sadly, um, if you look at the policy documents, the po they, they're not speaking to the biggest financial crisis, um, you, you know, in generations in South Africa. Uh, to do, of course, with the post-COVID financial crisis and now um, the impact of the Russia-Ukraine war, high unemployment, um, deep poverty, um, power outages and so on. You know, the policy says uh, or discussion documents say nothing about these really critical issues for the country. And, and uh, okay, you know, someone in the ANC might say, I mean, you, you are saying that uh, these are these are there's nothing new uh, in the in in the in, in the documents. Someone might say, yeah, but that is precisely the point that they would like. To, it's important to have continuity that you don't you don't change your policies now and again. Uh, what, 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 what do you think that 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 might be a a defensible position? Um, absolutely, it is not a defensible position. I mean, we are seeing the as I say the biggest crisis in generations. And old policies won't do. So a rehash of policies or dressing up old policies um, into new is not going to help us here. Yeah, we can have to be creative. We can have to be imaginative. So the old way of thinking, um, you know, uh, prior um, to um, the financial crisis now, um, is not going to work for us. Um, and that is why it's, you know, the expectations really for this conference was really to see totally new policies. Um, policies that are relevant for our problems. I mean, we've got, I'll just say one of our problems is, is the country really is a breakdown of rule and, and order in our country. There's a social disorder um, uh, in our country, which makes it very difficult to create jobs, uh, you know, to bring in new investment. And, and also we've got skills are leaving the country because of the breakdown in, in the rule and order. There has to be a policy that speaks to that. So, you, you, you know, so old policies cannot be dressed up um, to deal with it because the, the old policies clearly hasn't worked. So I think um, the ex we expected that the ANC really a year will come up with new policies because even the, the Ramaphosa presidency itself has been criticised for not coming up with anything imaginative to deal with our, our, our really pressing uh, problems. And that is why there's been such an expectation for this policy conference to come up um, with new policies. And that is, I think, why this policy conference has been such a letdown for many people. Um, uh, the, the normal excitement that used to be in the past around these policy conferences are gone now because I think people are just so deflated, particularly because they don't see anything new, anything fresh, or anything imaginative mm. um, in these policy documents. Okay, hey, Hotato, uh, Professor Kumedi says the quality of the of the documents this time round uh, and the focus, you know, has been has been a, a letdown. And he's, he he seems to think that the the, the most important policy proposal uh, will be around the step aside uh, rule, you know, of of the ANC. Let, let's talk about that, you know, uh, maybe starting at what uh, the KZN uh, Provincial Conference said about it uh, last weekend? Uh, the professor is on the money, is 100% correct. You do get a sense that um, the ANC is going to spend a lot of time 
most of this conference debating what to do with the step aside resolution. So what happened in KZN, one of the things that came out was that the the conference, the provincial conference, which elected the uh, new leadership this past weekend, um, uh, they took a position that the step aside resolution must be scrapped altogether. Um, Limpopo seemed to have taken a similar position at the provincial general council. Bumalanga is also expected to make a similar uh, suggestion, but theirs uh, will most probably be that it must be reviewed. Limpopo had initially said that going to the PGC, but we understand that um, the, the 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 branch the branch delegates from there said it must be scrapped. This res- resolution of step aside is very contested because. What it says is if you are charged with you know, either corruption or what they say is serious crimes, you need to either vacate your position or, or, you, or you get suspended if you fail to do it voluntarily. It also, so the NEC then, the National Executive Committee of the ANC, which is the you know, highest decision-making structure between conferences, then says uh, to... to to, to strengthen the step-aside rule, we are going to start blocking people or we are going to make this rule even stronger by blocking people from even contesting for positions. So what would happen is you'd be a, a leader would be affected by the step-aside rule, so they would have vacated their position. But then they then get, get elected or they stand for positions at these conferences. They then get elected, but they can't do their work because immediately after getting elected, they then have to vacate because they are on step-aside. So they then said, no, no, we need to put a stop to that by, uh, you know, prohibiting you as, as someone who's affected from standing altogether. You can understand how what that then does uh, to the political activism if, uh, of, of, of certain leaders who would be popular in, 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 in their provinces and whatnot. So in KZN, you, you, you have several people who have been affected. Uh, in Limpopo, you have, you know, the likes of Denim Caesar who has also been affected and he was unable to stand for, 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 for the position of provincial secretary. In the Free State, you have the likes of Ace Mahashule who does want to contest in December, but will definitely be barred by this, by this step aside rule. So this, you understand that this, you know, these people will now go into this policy conference looking at what this rule does uh, for politics for, for their favorite politicians or leaders going into December where they would have wanted either of them to challenge you know the, the current sitting president uh, Cyril Ramaphosa or contest other positions in in in, in the in the national leadership either the national executive or the top uh, the mm-hmm. top six positions so they'll go into this conference debating whether uh, uh, this rule has been applied <laughs> fairly, uh, whether it's necessary, um, but like I, but, but, but I always say this when you know these provinces come up with this that it is the party is very inward looking now um, because the rule itself is the rule itself is supposed to cleanse the party of this stench, the stain of of. The party being mm. associated mm. with corruption. So now these provinces like KZN and Limpo, they are not suggesting what should then be put in place uh, in place of the step-aside rule that they now want scrapped. But, but I, have, I have to ask you this, uh, that one would have thought, because the, the, this step-aside rule thing uh, 
would have come through the NEC? Wasn't it adopted by the NEC? The rule is, 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 is it just the, 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 because a lot of people say, well, it's Cyril Ramaphosa's baby, this thing. You know, he's the one who came with this thing and he's using it for whatever, you know. Is, is that accurate? I mean, my understanding was that the NEC of the NC would have adopted it. So the rule uh, is, a, is, a, is a conference resolution. Uh, which is the highest decision-making structure. So, so the 2017 NASREG conference mandated the NEC to say, we've adopted a rule that says we need to cleanse the party of the stench of corruption. You guys need to now formulate a way or a, a document or you know a rule that then could assist the party with you know cleansing itself of corruption and whatnot so it's a conference resolution but but the nec was mandated to deal with it that's how then the rule that that's how then they then come with the step aside rule uh, that document that was uh, formulated by the uh, treasurer general and acting uh, secretary general paul machatil uh, they went and got legal advice on what this means how could they formulate it but it is a conference resolution nec is merely just uh, you know uh, doing a duty that was that they were given uh, by the conference so it's not a Cyril Ramaphosa rule it's not a Guatemantache or a Pomachatile rule it's a, a conference resolution however these provinces feel that the manner in which it was changed uh, or, or amended when the NEC then started dealing with it properly to only say those who have been charged when the conference resolution also says you must vacate your position if you're facing allegations. So the, the NEC then removed the allegations part of it. They believe that political opponents can deal with each other by making spurious allegations against each other just to see you out of your position. So they then removed the allegations part of it and they left they, they they then confined it to criminally charged. The provinces are not happy with that because you know they would believe that this uh, this was this would be done to deal with political opponents because whoever is in charge would be able to control um you know the NPA or the Hawks or whatever whether that accurate or not mm. we don't know mm. but they are saying either take it to its original uh, meaning which says whoever is facing allegations must step aside or get rid of it altogether. But is 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 uh, uh, before I bring in uh, Professor Kumete, is is this a real dispute or, or point of difference, or is this smoke and mirrors basically? You know what? Because one would have thought that it, it's it's very obvious. You know that any political organization wanting to be taken seriously would say no corruption. People who are who are accused of of being corrupt or wrongdoing must step aside. You know we cannot have people like that in our leadership positions. So is is this are, are we perhaps not being being sidetracked with with smoke and mirrors? Look, um, <laughs> I would I doubt it. Hmm. Uh, if you look at what the provincial the newly elected provincial secretary of the KwaZulu Natal Begim Tolo said, he said he said at, at the closing of the conference that you can't have a rule that is celebrated by people who are not in the ANC. So he's saying this tapasite rule seems to be celebrated by other political parties, other business people who are not ANC members. So then it shows that 
there there is a problem with it because if it's our internal uh, document we should it, sh- it should be saving us it should we should be able to celebrate it so we are, we want it scrapped because it's devi- it's divisive um it's being used it's not be- it's being used for political uh, you know uh, fighting um it's not being applied fairly it's been tweaked several times by the NEC and 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 so they so i don't think for from where I'm sitting, I could be wrong. I don't think it's a it's it's spoken mirror. It really is a battle because you know uh, the ANC is now fighting on who should legitimately lead the party. Mm. Everything else seems secondary. Okay. Now, uh, Professor Kumete, uh, if 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 the the leadership issue is the most important thing, you know, including the step aside thing. And and you alluded to this uh, early, earlier, you know, in 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 the in the conversation. What does it tell us about the state of the ANC that the issue of leadership and the question and that they are haggling about who should step aside and who shouldn't and and whether this it should be recouched and changed and words taken out here, words added there. Meanwhile, as you were saying earlier. We've got probably one of the biggest crises that that you know s- several crises in fact that that, that we have. We've got power the, the power crisis. Uh, we, we've got the 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 problem with the economy, with unemployment, and and all of the problems that 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 we all know about. What does it tell us about the state of the ANC today? I mean, you know, it just shows how far removed the ANC leadership is from the society's problems. I mean, it's extraordinary because the ANC. ANC leaders often say, you know, it is the parliament of the people, it is speaking on behalf of the people, it's a leader of, you know, of the people, but they're so far removed um, from the struggles of people because, I mean, you know, people are struggling um, down on the ground. ANC members and voters, supporters, of course, are really struggling, and but the party leadership is, um, is haggling um, over really side, side issues uh, um, and not focusing um you, you know, on the things that's impacting on society, on the voters, and also on the com- uh, on the country. I mean, the other two important things, really, also that should be discussed there, um, is of course the electoral bill. Um, we've got a a draft electoral bill which the constitutional court um, set. Um, or rather gave a deadline um, for a, a new new electoral bill that would include independent candidates. Now, why it is the issue is that the ANC's national conference um, in 2017, and the party came up with a resolution that said that only a party conference can pronounce on electoral changes. And that has been, hums, you, you know, hamstringing uh, both um, the parliamentary committee the, uh, of ANC members MPs there and also the Home Affairs Minister who has been dealing from the executive side to get this electoral reform uh, through. So now um, we have a draft bill um, which is clear up now unco- still unconstitutional. Um, the Constitutional Court gave a deadline, um, but, you, you know, Parliament hasn't moved, the ANC hasn't moved because both the ANC's parliamentary MPs um, and the executive is waiting for this policy conference and then the national conference um, to make a decision. So this is really is important part of you know the weakness of our democracy that really has to be um, resolved. And then for me, the other issue that should also be there on that platform, uh, a policy platform, is the national health, um, the NHI, um, which 
you know, many ANC ideological groups are pushing for NHI, uh, which is totally state-led, which is in a sense collapsing um, the private health sector, which would really um, collapse, potentially collapse South Africa's whole health system. And it would cause, uh, you know, the mass fleeing of really our, our already scarce health skills. Um, so those are issues that I also would have expected to, you know, to have a, a quality debate or that, you know, the delegates should have a quality uh, debate um, on, on these two issues um, because they really are very critical to the democracy, but also mm. to the economy itself. Mm. A follow-up issue uh, coming out of that is we often presume that when, they, when policy is made, the intention is that the policy must be implemented. Now, Looking at, you know, and, and I'm thinking here, you know, uh, earlier, you know, I saw uh, William Makoba, uh, who's the chairperson of ESCOM, and he was trying to explain why ESCOM has proved to be barely fixable over so many years. And he was saying that uh, that part of the problem is that there's a lot of talk about what should be done. But not much ever gets done because, for example, you know, he, he was saying people are not assigned uh, tasks. There are no timelines. There are no deliverables. Nobody knows who's responsible for what in particular. So there's a lot of talk, 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 but very little by way of delivery. Now, the ANC is discussing all these uh, policies uh, in, in this week. Uh, do you think that the ANC is capable of implementing a lot of the things that they're talking about, including what you've just referred to, the national health insurance. I mean, the big issue, of course, uh, the elephant in the room is state capacity. I mean, the state has failed. So whatever policy is being discussed or adopted almost cannot be implemented. I mean, um, you know, Dr. Mahoba, uh, chairperson of ESCOM, is actually is absolutely right it's, you know, in terms of, you know, the ANC is sitting there discussing policies, but the state cannot deliver. So whatever beautiful crafted policy that comes out of there, if if there's any new policy that comes out there, uh, cannot, it's unimplementable because, you know, state capacity failure. And one would have expected, actually, that maybe the policy conference would just spend time on, on state capacity failure and what and 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 what to do uh, uh, about it, but you know state capacity is missing. Um, in fact, in any of those documents, I mean, if, uh, the policy documents, where the policy documents obviously talks about state capacity, but he talks about it in the most vaguest terms, ret- rhetoric, sloganeering, and so on. There's no clear um, uh, proposals of what uh, should happen. I mean, I was a member of uh, President Ramaphosa's. Um, task team um, that looks at a professionalization of the state. I mean, we gave our report at the beginning of the year, and the idea was that that report, for example, would also go down to the ANC to be discussed um, even at the, at the policy conference. Now, I mean, I don't see any evidence um, that those kind of things will be discussed, which I think really are the depressing issues because if we, because the country is in this really big financial crisis, economic crisis, high unemployment, and, um, and so on, we really need then a state to deliver. Um, but if it is not part of the policy conference discussion, um, it then it just shows how far removed or how the bubble that the ANC leadership and, and members who arrived, their delegates, are in, um, in relation to where society sits. Mm, mm. So as we wrap it up uh, for this, this edition of the, of the Politics Weekly, let, let, let's, we, we, we can't conclude without talking about the, the standing of the president currently. 
you know, because he he, he went to to KZN on the weekend. Uh, I'd like to hear your your take as to after having been there, you know, there was that debate about whether he should go or not go and all of that. Um, and and he seems, for example, when he was talking at the at the fundraiser, the, the he was he's still on this. Uh, on, on this trajectory of talking about fighting corruption, you know, prosecuting people, etc. But I, one is not quite sure what his standing is, actually, who he's speaking for. Is he speaking for himself and his jacket? Or is he speaking for, for the ANC or a substantial portion of the ANC? What's your take? Should we listen to him when he talks, when he says all these things? Look, um, he's speaking to a portion of the ANC, whether it's substantial or not is very questionable. I I don't think it's a substantial amount of ANC members and ANC leaders who actually believe that the party can actually rid itself of corruption because it's the the, the issue of corruption goes to the roots of, 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 of the ANC down to the branch level, down to uh, local municipalities, all the way up to you know the NEC and 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 uh, you know government and uh, you know departments and whatnot. So the fact that something that has been you know proposed or, or effected rather to deal with the issue of corruption uh, uh, in terms of uh, you know the step aside rule is now in question. Is now you know people are now saying no, this thing is not being. Uh, you know, applied properly goes to show how inward looking the party is goes to show how they believe that a leader is a leader and whether they are accused of of, of corruption or criminal uh, criminality if they are an ANC leader they must you know have the freedom to lead regardless mm. of whatever charges regardless of whatever cloud hangs you know on their head so you you get that sense that the ANC leaders or members forget that you know there's this entire world out there. There's this entire country. The ANC has about one million, uh, just I think just over one million, you know, members. Yes, their support ranges around ten million or so. But you have a country of of of, you know, about sixty million people. So. They are so focused in their internal battles of leadership and whatnot that you know fighting corruption does not seem to 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 be you know a big deal uh, in them. They believe that you know they, you are in charge of you are a government you are in government you are a governing party you are in charge of so much mm-hmm. money. Um, why should you not yeah, be yeah. able to? So, so your your assessment of the of the status of the president currently is what? Is he is he in a weakened position or is is he in a stronger position? Ooh. As as they go into the policy conference in preparation for for the December conference, this policy conference, Bramak, will be a testing ground. Um, if the president loses the uh, the discussion or the debate around do the step aside issue because that is the core of the dealing with corruption if he loses that debate and you know the policy conference this weekend makes a, a, a recommendations that it must be scrapped then the president is definitely weakened um he will have a difficult time 
uh, in December convincing delegates to come back. Uh, but if he wins the debate and perhaps they, they agree that uh, uh, they must refine it or review the step-aside rule, uh, then perhaps they, 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 he could have some hope. But this, is, this, this policy conference will test um, his grip on power. Okay. Uh, uh, William, just, just lastly, very quickly, do you see him winning the argument this time around? I mean, so far, the president, I, I think, and to people's surprise, has actually been holding the line in the National Executive Committee of the ANC. Um, and he's, I mean, if you look at all of the other uh, um, provincial conferences so far, except, of course, now the KwaZulu-Natal province, he actually, you, you know, got a smooth ride. And, you know, the, the first three conferences supported him. And I think yeah, the first resistance only started now in, in, in KwaZulu-Natal. But then now there's this new thing around a farm gate which has come in, which wasn't there before uh, uh, earlier on. And I think this is a really important battle for the president at the policy conference because his opponents, clearly what his opponents have done, they are using the step-aside rule as the, the issue that they're going to their last stand, so to speak. For this conference, yeah, they want to because the step aside rule has been associated with the president so much. Although it is a national agency, national executive committee policy, of, of course, um, but it's still being associated um, with the president personally. Um, so they really are going to try to kick that um, policy at least for touch. Um, you know, to at least to suspend it. Uh, if not uh, to scrap it um, uh, uh, totally. And if the president loses that, uh, really, um, that battle, um, it almost will be the end of, you, you know, of this video. So because to come out of there uh, losing a, a policy discussion around the step aside, it would be very difficult for him to make a comeback um, at uh, at a national conference because, you know, he will then be mortally wounded. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, gentlemen, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us on the Politics Weekly in this week. Um, very interesting times ahead, you know, as the ANC uh, gives us the impression that they are planning uh, the future for all of us and uh, hopefully, you know, a, a better future than what we've been experiencing, what with load shedding, unemployment, uh, uh, the state of the economy, etc. We appreciate your time. Uh, I'm Mike Siluma. Until next time, do stay safe, stay blessed, and let's do good for our country. Mm-hmm.